Hezekiah puts his trust in the Lord until pride gets the best of him. His sons after him sink to new lows in evil and unfaithfulness. It's Second Chronicles chapters 31 through 33 and Isaiah chapter 10 verses 1 through 19 here on Commuter Bible. This is Commuter Bible, the audio Bible reading plan to match your weekly schedule. I'm your host, John Ross. Now that Hezekiah has reestablished worship at the Lord's temple, he wants to provide for the Levites who have gathered together to serve the Lord in the work of the temple. Thankfully, the people of Judah show kindness and faithfulness by giving a tenth of all that they have harvested and produced. Later, King Sennacherib threatens Hezekiah and all Judah by laying siege to their fortified cities and denouncing the Lord God of Israel. Hezekiah maintains faithfulness, putting his trust in the Lord, and is delivered from the hands of his enemies. After Hezekiah's death, two kings from his lineage arise named Manasseh and Ammon, but sadly they excel in evil like King Ahaz before them. 2 Chronicles chapters 31-33 When all this was completed, all Israel who had attended went out to the cities of Judah and broke up the sacred pillars, chopped down the Asherah poles, and tore down the high places and altars throughout Judah and Benjamin, as well as in Ephraim and Manasseh, to the last one. Then all the Israelites returned to their cities, each to his own possession. Hezekiah re-established the divisions of the priests and Levites for the burnt offerings and fellowship offerings, for ministry, for giving thanks, and for praise in the gates of the camp of the Lord, each division corresponding to his service among the priests and Levites. The king contributed from his own possessions for the regular morning and evening burnt offerings, the burnt offerings of the Sabbaths, of the new moons, and of the appointed feasts as written in the law of the Lord. He told the people who lived in Jerusalem to give a contribution for the priests and Levites so that they could devote their energy to the law of the Lord. When the word spread, the Israelites gave liberally of the best of the grain, new wine, fresh oil, honey, and of all the produce of the field. And they brought in an abundance, a tenth of everything, As for the Israelites and Judahites who lived in the cities of Judah, they also brought a tenth of the herds and flocks, and a tenth of the dedicated things that were consecrated to the Lord their God. They gathered them into large piles. In the third month, they began building up the piles, and they finished in the seventh month. When Hezekiah and his officials came and viewed the piles. They blessed the Lord and his people Israel. Hezekiah asked the priests and Levites about the piles. The chief priest Azariah of the house of Zadok answered him, Since they began bringing the offering to the Lord's temple, we have been eating and are satisfied, and there is plenty left over, because the Lord has blessed his people. This abundance is what is left over. Hezekiah told them to prepare chambers in the Lord's temple, and they prepared them. The offering, the tenth, 
and the dedicated things were brought faithfully. Conaniah the Levite was the officer in charge of them, and his brother Shimei was second. Jehiel, Azaziah, Nahath, Azahel, Jeremoth, Jozebed, Eliel, Ismachiah, Mahath, and Benaiah were deputies under the authority of Conaniah and his brother Shimei by appointment of King Hezekiah and of Azariah, the chief official of God's temple. Korah, son of Imna the Levite, the keeper of the east gate, was over the freewill offerings to God to distribute the contribution to the Lord and the consecrated things. Eden, Miniamon, Jeshua, Shemaiah, Amariah, and Shechaniah in the cities of the priests were to distribute it faithfully under his authority to their brothers by divisions, whether large or small. In addition, they distributed it to males registered by genealogy three years old and above, to all who would enter the Lord's temple for their daily duty, for their service in their responsibilities according to their divisions. They distributed also to those recorded by genealogy of the priests by their ancestral families and the Levites twenty years old and above by their responsibilities in their divisions. To those registered by genealogy, with all their dependents, wives, sons, and daughters, of the whole assembly, for they had faithfully consecrated themselves as holy. And to the descendants of Aaron, the priests, in the common fields of their cities, in each and every city. There were men who were registered by name to distribute a portion to every male among the priests and to every Levite recorded by genealogy. Hezekiah did this throughout all Judah. He did what was good and upright and true before the Lord his God. He was diligent in every deed that he began in the service of God's temple, in the instruction and the commands, in order to seek his God. And he prospered. After Hezekiah's faithful deeds, King Sennacherib of Assyria came and entered Judah. He laid siege to the fortified cities and intended to break into them. Hezekiah saw that Sennacherib had come and that he planned war on Jerusalem. So he consulted with his officials and his warriors about stopping up the water of the springs that were outside the city, and they helped him. Many people gathered and stopped up all the springs and the stream that flowed through the land. They said, Why should the kings of Assyria come and find abundant water? Then Hezekiah strengthened his position by rebuilding the entire broken-down wall and heightening the towers and the other outside wall. He repaired the supporting terraces of the city of David and made an abundance of weapons and shields. He set military commanders over the people and gathered the people in the square of the city gate. Then he encouraged them, saying, Be strong and courageous! Don't be afraid or discouraged before the king of Assyria or before the large army that is with him, for there are more with us than with him. He has only human strength, but we have the Lord our God to help us and to fight our battles. So the people relied on the words of King Hezekiah of Judah. 
After this, while King Sennacherib of Assyria, with all his armed forces, besieged Lachish, he sent his servants to Jerusalem against King Hezekiah of Judah and against all those of Judah who were in Jerusalem, saying, This is what King Sennacherib of Assyria says. What are you relying on, that you remain in Jerusalem under siege? Isn't Hezekiah misleading you to give you over to death by famine and thirst when he says, The Lord our God will keep us from the grasp of the king of Assyria. Didn't Hezekiah himself remove his high places and his altars and say to Judah and Jerusalem, You must worship before one altar and you must burn incense on it? Don't you know what I and my predecessors have done to all the peoples of the lands? Have any of the national gods of the lands been able to rescue their land from my power? Who among all the gods of these nations that my predecessors completely destroyed was able to rescue his people from my power? That your God, should be able to deliver you from my power. So now, don't let Hezekiah deceive you, and don't let him mislead you like this. Don't believe him, for no god of any nation or kingdom has been able to rescue his people from my power or the power of my predecessors. How much less will your God rescue you From my power. His servants said more against the Lord God and against his servant Hezekiah. He also wrote letters to mock the Lord, the God of Israel, saying against him Just like the national gods of the lands that did not rescue their people from my power, so Hezekiah's God will not rescue his people from my power. Then they called out loudly in Hebrew to the people of Jerusalem, who were on the wall, to frighten and discourage them, in order that he might capture the city. They spoke against the God of Jerusalem like they had spoken against the gods of the peoples of the earth, which were made by human hands. King Hezekiah and the prophet Isaiah, son of Amos, prayed about this and cried out to heaven, And the Lord sent an angel who annihilated every valiant warrior, leader, and commander in the camp of the king of Assyria. So the king of Assyria returned in disgrace to his land. He went to the temple of his God, and there some of his own children struck him down with the sword.
So the Lord saved Hezekiah and the inhabitants of Jerusalem from the power of King Sennacherib of Assyria and from the power of all others. He gave them rest on every side. Many were bringing an offering to the Lord to Jerusalem and valuable gifts to King Hezekiah of Judah. And he was exalted in the eyes of all the nations after that. In those days, Hezekiah became sick to the point of death. So he prayed to the Lord, who spoke to him and gave him a miraculous sign. However, because his heart was proud, Hezekiah didn't respond according to the benefit that had come to him. So there was wrath on him, Judah, and Jerusalem. Then Hezekiah humbled himself for the pride of his heart, he and the inhabitants of Jerusalem. So the Lord's wrath didn't come on them during Hezekiah's lifetime. Hezekiah had abundant riches and glory, and he made himself treasuries of silver, gold, precious stones, spices, shields, and every desirable item. He made warehouses for the harvest of grain, new wine, and fresh oil, and stalls for all kinds of cattle and pens for flocks. He made cities for himself, and he acquired vast numbers of flocks and herds. For God gave him abundant possessions. This same Hezekiah blocked the upper outlet of the water from the Gihon spring and channeled it smoothly downward and westward to the city of David. Hezekiah succeeded in everything he did. When the ambassadors of Babylon's rulers were sent to him to inquire about the miraculous sign that happened in the land, God left him to test him and discover what was in his heart. As for the rest of the events of Hezekiah's reign and his deeds of faithful love, note that they are written in the visions of the prophet Isaiah, son of Amos, and in the book of the kings of Judah and Israel. Hezekiah rested with his ancestors and was buried on the ascent to the tombs of David's descendants. All Judah and the inhabitants of Jerusalem paid him honor at his death. His son Manasseh became king in his place. Manasseh was twelve years old when he became king, and he reigned fifty-five years in Jerusalem. He did what was evil in the Lord's sight, imitating the detestable practices of the nations that the Lord had dispossessed before the Israelites. He rebuilt the high places that his father Hezekiah had torn down and re-established the altars for the Baals. He made Asherah poles and he bowed in worship to all the stars in the sky and served them. He built altars in the Lord's temple where the Lord had said, Jerusalem is where my name will remain forever. He built altars to all the stars in the sky in both courtyards of the Lord's temple. He passed his sons through the fire in Ben-Hanam Valley. He practiced witchcraft, divination, and sorcery, and consulted mediums and spiritists. He did a huge amount of evil in the Lord's sight, angering him. 
Manasseh set up a carved image of the idol, which he had made, in God's temple that God had spoken about to David and his son Solomon. I will establish my name forever in this temple and in Jerusalem, which I have chosen out of all the tribes of Israel. I will never again remove the feet of the Israelites from the land where I stationed your ancestors. If only they will be careful to do all that I have commanded them through Moses, all the law, statutes, and judgments. So Manasseh caused Judah and the inhabitants of Jerusalem to stray, so that they did worse evil than the nations the Lord had destroyed before the Israelites. The Lord spoke to Manasseh and his people, but they didn't listen. So he brought against them the military commanders of the king of Assyria. They captured Manasseh with hooks, bound him with bronze shackles, and took him to Babylon. When he was in distress, he sought the favor of the Lord his God and earnestly humbled himself before the God of his ancestors. He prayed to him, and the Lord was receptive to his prayer. He granted his request and brought him back to Jerusalem to his kingdom. So Manasseh came to know that the Lord is God. After this, he built the outer wall of the city of David from west of Gahon in the valley to the entrance of the fish gate. He brought it around Ophel, and he heightened it considerably. He also placed military commanders in all the fortified cities of Judah. He removed the foreign gods and the idol from the Lord's temple, along with all the altars that he had built on the mountain of the Lord's temple and in Jerusalem. And he threw them outside the city. He built the altar of the Lord, and offered fellowship and thanksgiving sacrifices on it. Then he told Judah to serve the Lord, the God of Israel. However, the people still sacrificed at the high places, but only to the Lord their God. The rest of the events of Manasseh's reign, along with his prayer to his God, and the words of the seers who spoke to him in the name of the Lord, the God of Israel, are written in the events of Israel's kings. His prayer, and how God was receptive to his prayer, and all his sin and unfaithfulness, and the sites where he built high places and set up Asherah poles and carved images before he humbled himself, they are written in the events of Hazai. Manasseh rested with his ancestors, and he was buried in his own house. His son Ammon became king in his place. Ammon was 22 years old when he became king, and he reigned two years in Jerusalem. He did what was evil in the Lord's sight, just as his father Manasseh had done. Ammon sacrificed to all the carved images that his father Manasseh had made, and he served them. But he did not humble himself before the Lord, like his father Manasseh humbled himself. Instead, Ammon increased his guilt. So his servants conspired against him and put him to death in his own house. The common people 
killed all who had conspired against King Ammon, and they made his son Josiah king in his place. Isaiah chapter 10, verses 1 through 19. Woe to those enacting crooked statutes and writing oppressive laws to keep the poor from getting a fair trial and to deprive the needy among my people of justice so that widows can be their spoil and they can plunder the fatherless. What will you do on the day of punishment when devastation comes from far away? Who will you run to for help? Where will you leave your wealth? There will be nothing to do except crouch among the prisoners or fall among the slain. In all this, his anger has not turned away and his hand is still raised to strike. Woe to Assyria! The rod of my anger, the staff in their hands, is my wrath. I will send him against a godless nation. I will command him to go against a people destined for my rage, to take spoils, to plunder, and to trample them down like clay in the streets. But this is not what he intends. This is not what he plans. It is his intent to destroy and to cut off many nations. For he says, Aren't all my commanders kings? Isn't Kalno like Carchemish? Isn't Hamath like Arpad? Isn't Samaria like Damascus? As my hand seized the kingdoms of worthless images, kingdoms whose idols exceeded those of Jerusalem and Samaria, and as I did to Samaria and its worthless images, will I not also do to Jerusalem and its idols? But when the Lord finishes all his work against Mount Zion and Jerusalem, he will say, I will punish the king of Assyria for his arrogant acts and the proud look in his eyes. For he said, I have done this by my own strength and wisdom, for I am clever. I abolished the borders of nations and plundered their treasures. Like a mighty warrior, I subjected the inhabitants. My hand has reached out as if into a nest to seize the wealth of the nations. Like one gathering abandoned eggs, I gather the whole earth. No wing fluttered, no beak opened or chirped. Does an axe exalt itself above the one who chops with it? Does a saw magnify itself above the one who saws with it? It would be like a rod waving the ones who lift it. It would be like a staff lifting the one who isn't wood. Therefore the Lord God of armies will inflict an emaciating disease on the well-fed of Assyria, and he will kindle a burning fire under its glory. Israel's light will become a fire and its holy one a flame. In one day, it will burn and consume Assyria's thorns and thistles. 
He will completely destroy the glory of its forests and orchards as a sickness consumes a person. The remaining trees of its forest will be so few in number that a child could count them. I know that it's only August, but I'm already trying to figure out what I should do with Commuter Bible in the year 2023. I'll continue to produce all of the lines of podcasts that are already available, but I'm considering what other pathways I might take to make the Bible more accessible to people on the go. So simply put, I would like you to pray for me. Ask that the Lord might give me creativity and wisdom as I make decisions about next year. Today's episode was narrated and orchestrated by me, John Ross, and co-produced by Bobby Brown, Caitlin Ron, Eric Williamson, and the Christian Standard Bible. Thanks for listening, and remember, happy is the one whose delight is in the Lord's instruction, and he meditates on it day and night.